Hi everyone, welcome to another art-loving, comics-loving, graphic novel-centered edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am delighted to be talking with a creator, artist, author on this episode whose books have been in my office for quite some time. I uh, greatly enjoy their work, and that is artist Keezy Young. Keezy, thank you for jumping in and joining. Thank you for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for saying yes. And I'll go ahead and mention that the book that I know you best for is Taproot. And I know that we'll come around to talking about that title. But you you actually have several other titles as well as I've been exploring and, and learning about your work. Yeah, I have a bunch of short comics that I've done, um, a couple of autobiographical comics and uh, one horror comedy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then another one called July Fashion Issue, which is about a, a trans girl whose clothing can come to life, sort of a magical girl story. Um, and I'm also working on my next book, which isn't coming out till next year, but it's called Hello Sunshine. And I'm pretty excited about that one. And, and it looks very interesting, very exciting. I, I love the way that you bring your style onto the page. And you Thank have you. a really interesting color scheme as well that, that sort of just really makes your work stand out. Thank you. I love working with colors. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the process for sure. Yeah. Now, um, from the digging that I've done, it looks like, did you get your start in web comics or that format? Um, so my first comic I did was actually in high school. Um, it was mostly just a Naruto ripoff. It was Naruto with different characters. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't get very far in it, but that was sort of the, the first time when I was like, oh, I actually really like doing this. And maybe that's going to be something that I can look into doing more in the future. Um, I, but I didn't get my real start um, until Taproot, actually. I was working a day job at the time, and it was just sort of something to do in the evenings. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I just had such a good time doing it. It was amazing. It was one of the best times of my life. So um, that was that was my real start. I did put it online, um, but I did finish it before I put it online. So it wasn't exactly like a web comic, not like a weekly web comic. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I just sort of been exploring, and I thought, oh, because the web comic is something that's fascinating to me, and as somebody that teaches high school, how awesome that you were creating and getting your start into this work when you were when you were in high school as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I um, definitely recommend trying out some short stories or something like that. Um, for high school students, are perfectly capable of making comics. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't say that my own comic was necessarily good, but um, it was definitely a a good step in me realizing that um, this was the thing that I love to do, and that's really important. So. Very important step. Very important step. And if you're like me, uh, I am probably my own harshest critic of my work so um oh yes me too <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know that comics was the thing what what led you to create that comic in high school um well I was reading I had always been reading comics I was always sort of drawn to um you know illustrations and picture books and and also comics and whenever I was making stories they were always sort of um in conjunction with art I would say that I'm an artist before I'm a writer, but um, everything that I did, you know, all my illustrations, they had these recurring characters with stories behind them. I would draw like scenes for me and my siblings, like imaginary games. Um, I would draw stuff from the books I read. So that was always kind of my focus was like art paired with stories. 
Um, and uh, I, you know, I was reading comics from an early age. I didn't have a comic shop in my hometown, unfortunately, but uh, mm-hmm. we, I, everything I could get my hands on at Barnes and Noble or whatever I did. Um, and then I found manga. And that was the first time that I realized like I could write comics that I was um, actually sort of interested in the story about because I, I love I love superhero comics. I still love superhero comics, but I never really wanted to write cape comics. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I read Full Metal Alchemist and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> this is different. Um, so that was kind of the, the first time where I was like, oh, I could really do this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was um, the inspiration for Taproot? What was the, how did that story come to be? Um, so my mom is a gardener. Mm-hmm. She's a master gardener, actually. It's an official designation. It's like a club um, where they help people figure out what's wrong with their plants. Um, and my brother also works at the plant nursery. Um, and I grew up in the woods, so I love plants. I love flowers. Um, and I spent a lot of time as a kid sort of learning about the cycle of life and death and what role decomposition plays in bringing about new life and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of why Reaper is made of dead plants, but she also has bugs and insects and mushrooms and stuff on her too, because mm-hmm. those are also part of death. They're just as much part of life as death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I guess that would be like the core message if there is one is, is that life and death are part of the same cycle. You can't have one without the other. Um, you know, the, the terrible forest is, is a product of from all um, trying to only focus on life without the, the death to, to counterbalance that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, it's a little heavy, but um, by the time I was 25, which was the same year I wrote Taproot, um, I had lost a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of young people and, you know, friends and uh, my first boyfriend in high school and that kind of thing was before I knew I was gay. But um, and I think, you know, a lot of people have experienced death by that age, but it's usually like grandparents or older folks. Um, mm-hmm. And so these weren't old age deaths and many of them weren't anticipated at all. Yeah. Um, and people don't really know how to talk about it. Uh, you can't bring up that your first boyfriend died at school in conversation the way that you can admit that you've lost a grandparent or a favorite elderly teacher, um, which is a way more universal experience. People don't really know how to react, um, mm-hmm. which is a good thing that it's uncommon, but uh, it does mean that you don't have as many opportunities to mourn and to work through those feelings. Um, so I would say Taproot was um, in some ways, I'm not sure I did this on purpose <laughs> at the time, mm-hmm. but in some ways it's an exploration of those feelings of just losing someone before their time. It's trying to make peace with that. Um, because it is a fact of life. Uh, young people do sometimes die. Um, you know, sometimes kids die. My little brother had cancer when he was a baby and it was touch and go for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Happy to say that he's alive and thriving now, but uh, I think I just had this shadow of young death over me sort of my whole life. Um, so for me, imagining that there might be someone like Kamal who can help them make peace and move on, help them be ready, um, sort of helps me move on too. <laughs> Um, I'm able to say like, yes, this is sad. It's like horribly sad, but it's part of the cycle of life and death. Um, Moving on doesn't have to mean forgetting or not caring. It just means that you aren't like stuck in purgatory anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of goes for both ghosts and living people. So yeah, that's the long answer um, about what inspired Taproot. That's a a great answer. And thanks for sharing that. And it, it just speaks to the healing power, the processing power of books and art. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and it also, it explains the sort of the philosophical uh, roots in the, the book too. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, the roots for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, I don't really set out to, you know, say something important with my books. That's not really part of my process. I usually find that um, it, it's something that sort of ends up weaved through it behind all of the sort of more fun things that I'm doing. I'll figure out the color palette and the action scenes and um, mm -hmm. stuff I want to draw and all that. But um, the themes end up sort of um, just present regardless of what I try to do. When I do try to force it, it doesn't work out. <laughs> it always ends up really heavy handed. So um, I, I guess I would say like I, I, I build in the, um, or I weave in these um, things that I've experienced and, you know, throughout my life and um, things that I want to say and things that I feel strongly um, sort of just end up in the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask about the, the creative process and how your work comes to be. So uh, I'm curious about how you decide on the color palette, for example. Um, it's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> um, I usually start with, with something I have, you know, some kind of aesthetic, like for taproot, it was plants and ghosts in the color blue. So I knew that I wanted to use those elements, um, which is why the ghosts are blue and blue's name is blue, his hat is blue and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously there's green because of all the plants. And then I thought, you know, what's, what's the best color that looks good with those two colors and pink, I think pink and peach are the ones that I ended up with. So, mm -hmm. um, that's a just sort of a the process of elimination, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I kind of start. I always start with just like an aesthetic, like a vibe. Um, for you know, Tapiro's Plants and Ghosts for Hello Sunshine, which is my new graphic novel. It's like daisies um, and 1960s music and um, mental illness. And so I have like these three sort of core things, and I build outward from that. Um, so it does gonna... it kind of starts with the palette yeah <laughs> sorry I was just gonna say for hello sunshine for the little bit that I've seen online it looks like marigold and like bright orange mm -hmm. as part of that yeah yeah definitely um I was kind of looking towards like 1960s 1970s color palettes and mm -hmm. that was those were ones that definitely popped out were like reds and um light blues and yeah the marigold orange yellow kind of and it's called sunshine, you know, hello sunshine. So you gotta have mm -hmm. yellow in there somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else about the creative process that you'd like to mention before we circle around some of the work that's on the way? Um, yeah. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any questions that you have about the creative process? I feel like mine, yeah. mine is pretty straightforward. You know, I do. I do thumbnails, um, I do, you know, pencils and then inks and then colors and then lettering sort of a, it's an, it's an easy process. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a, a journaler at the idea phase? Is that part of it or, or how do you kind of capture those ideas? Yeah. So my, um, like what I'll start with is actually just sort of a huge list of concepts, um, visuals, things I want to draw, like little pieces I want to include, um, and I'll start designing characters or settings at that point too. And then I'll start building outward and imagining scenes, writing down like bits of script. Um, and I'll use that list as inspiration. So if something like little yellow flowers is on the list, then I'll try to include that in a scene somewhere. 
um, just to, to sort of spark my imagination. Um, I don't end up putting everything on the list in the book, obviously, but um, it's a, sort of a good good place to start for me. Um, and yeah, the, the plot kind of starts to coalesce and um, eventually I have enough of these scenes and ideas that I can start like connecting them all together into a story that actually makes sense. Love it, love it. Um, so, so that final question is about Hello Sunshine and anything else that currently has your creative attention, anything that you'd like to share about um, sort of the creative future, I guess you could say, as well as um, spaces where people can connect and follow along. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, my new project, my new graphic novel, is called Hello Sunshine, and it's being published next year with Little Brown and Company. Um, it's about a teenage boy who goes missing, and his friends and loved ones um, and his dog are trying to figure out what happened um, and trying to find him. But they realize as time goes on that something strange is going on, and there are these scary, maybe supernatural things happening. Um, and they start to think, you know, maybe Alex didn't run away after all, and hmm. maybe it's connected to his mother's death years before. Um, so that's sort of the elevator pitch, but it's also about mental illness and family. Um, and uh, it's a YA coming of age story, but it's also definitely a mystery and there's some Scooby-Doo in there for sure. Nice, um, nice. But it also has some uh, pretty strong horror elements. Uh, it's not horror, it's in the genre, but there's some pretty scary stuff in there. Um, I've always loved horror and this was sort of a way to explore my love of the genre, but also confront the way that it has tended to stigmatize mental illness. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this book. It's the hardest I've ever worked on anything in my entire life. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, right now, I'm about 36% finished. So, um, yeah, it's a long book. I've got a ways to go. But um, it, you can look for it next year. Uh, it doesn't have an official release date. But, yeah, it's 2025 next year with Little Brown. Looking um, forward and as to far it. As, yeah, me too. <laughs> as far as connecting with people goes, uh, I'm on social media. So I've been using Blue Sky a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also on Ichio and Patreon, and Instagram, and Tumblr, and I still do use Twitter every once in a while. Um, I'm Keezy Young most places. I think I'm, my Tumblr and my Twitter are Keezy Bees, but um, you can find all of that on my website, keezyyoung.com. Um, that also has like my email and uh, links to where you can find my comics and prints and all that. Um, and I also attend conventions uh, lately just in the Seattle area, but uh, I'll probably be heading back out on the con circuit next year, uh, like to promote Hello Sunshine. Um, and I love I love talking to people about my craft and comics and my own stories with their stories. I, just, I like talking to people in general. So um, I'm always up for questions or chatting on social media. I love meeting people at cons. Um, I'll, I'll actually be at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle February 29th through March 3rd later this month. So yeah, nice. come say hi. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for the conversation. Have we missed anything that you want to make sure to share before we close out? I don't, nothing that's on my list now. <laughs> I hope I didn't talk too much. No, not at all. Not at all. I <laughs> appreciated hearing your voice and uh, hearing from you and looking forward to the new book, Hello Sunshine in 2025. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. Thanks Thank for you. having me. My pleasure. Anytime.